The following message was recorded at Fountain of Life Fellowship in Fountain Valley, California. For more information, visit www.folfcrc.com. Great to be with you. And uh, let's, uh, let's um, uh, first, uh, if you have your Bibles with you, your electronic Bibles, or you've got analog Bibles with you, I uh, invite you to turn to Hebrews chapter 12. Verses, starting at verse 1, Hebrews 12, verse 1. Again, that's Hebrews chapter 12, starting at verse 1. There's two verses today. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely. And let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who, for the joy that was set before him, endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Shall we pray? Heavenly Father, so wonderful to come together as your children to sit before you, to worship you, to study your word. Lord Jesus, it is so wonderful to know that your desire is for us. Your heart is to draw us to yourself. We thank you, Lord Jesus, uh, for your grace and your mercy and your, your just great desire to have us to be with you. Lord, I ask for your help in uh, preaching a message that... Uh, I could do I couldn't do this on my own, Lord. I need your help. I need your guidance. Holy Spirit, please guide us as we dive into your word now. Lord, I pray that you would help us to seek your face so that we can endure through this challenging life, that we will look forward to our glorious future in heaven. Lord, help us to endure in this race we're running. Father, I ask you to be with us now. Bless this time, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Today we're concluding a series uh, looking at the heart of Christ for his people. And today we want to focus on Christ's heart for us to successfully run this race, this life of faith in him. But life can be really hard. Uh, there's difficulty. We face trials, opposition, temptations, and just the weird stuff in our heads. So how do Christians run the race with endurance despite the difficulty? How do we live for and live with Christ and follow him for a lifetime and then finish successfully? Well, today's verses in Hebrews 12, 1 and 2 give us help. Well, maybe you've seen those TV shows uh, like American Ninja Warrior. Have you seen that show? These athletes, these men and women are just amazing. Uh, they have to navigate these obstacle courses, sometimes on their fingertips for 20 feet dangling in the air. And these courses are amazing. They require every amount of stamina and strength that they have. Or maybe you've seen the silly version of American Ninja Warrior, the one that we're more likely to go on, Wipeout. Have you seen Wipeout? These poor people. Yeah, we laugh at them all the time, but... It's 
these contestants run through these crazy obstacles. If you haven't seen the show, they run through these crazy obstacles of spinning arms and they've got moving platforms and all the time with water cannons being sprayed at them and then giant padded arms all of a sudden swing out of nowhere to knock them off out into the water. And it's crazy if you've seen it. It's pretty amazing. But you know what? The Christian life, when we look at it, is really kind of like that. We want to follow Christ and live for him. We want to experience all the joys of this life and Jesus, but each one of us is guaranteed we'll have things, circumstances, that despite our best efforts to not let them, or because of our own decisions and actions, sometimes will knock us off our feet. And the question is, how do we keep our focus and overcome those obstacles get back up when we fail and when we fall and keep going. How do we endure in following Jesus despite all the difficulties? Well, each one of us, every single one of us sitting here today, we have this challenge. We each have our own race to run. And this race lasts our whole lives. So how do we endure in following Jesus despite the difficulties? Well, it's hard. How do we hold fast to Jesus and not fall away from him for a lifetime? Well, to be clear, running this race with endurance, what I mean by it is trusting in and following him according to his word. How do we do that despite the difficulties? Well, our text really gives us three main ideas I hope to unpack with you. Three things that we need to see that help us run our own race with endurance. First of all, we need to see that this is a race. It is a race. Secondly, we need to keep looking to Jesus while we run. And then we need to see the way to run. Now, let's remember first that there is a race. What does that mean? Well, our life in Christ isn't meaningless. Our lives, each one of our lives, are going somewhere. The starting line for us as believers in Christ, starts at the foot of the cross. And when we put our faith in Jesus and what he has done for us, when we we're born again, at that moment, our race begins. And as we run, we have good things to do as we keep moving on our way towards heaven. And our goal is our eternal inheritance in heaven. We are running towards it. The word says that believers in Jesus Christ are not just pardoned and saved from their sin, but we also get to inherit everything that God the Father has given to his son, Jesus Christ. And more than that, we are getting ready for an eternity with the lover of our souls, Jesus Christ. Just think about the greatest hangout day you've ever had with someone, the best day you've ever had with someone here on earth. Well, part of our reward is we're going to be with Jesus. Whatever our best hangout day was on earth, Jesus for just a few minutes, is going to blow that hangout day out of the water completely. Heaven is going to be glorious, pain and sorrow-free. We'll have a body that lasts for eternity. So in this race, by the power and indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit, Jesus, along the way, is teaching us the lessons, getting us ready to live with him and each other for eternity. So we're running this race, getting ready for heaven. Another way we know this race is we have competition. 
Now, as we run this race through life, yes, we have some very seriously and even potentially dangerous competition. But let me be clear here real quick. Um, are our brothers and sisters in Christ or other people we meet here, are they our competition? No, no, never. We're more than just teammates as brothers and sisters in Christ. In this marathon run that we are all in, individually running, but we're running together as a family. With God as our Father, we are brothers and sisters in Christ. And we love each other and we help each other as we run along in this race. So what is our competition then? Our competition in this lifelong race is anything, anything that would pull our attention away from trusting in Jesus Christ and following him according to his word. Again, our competition is anything that would pull our attention away from trusting in Jesus Christ and following him according to his word. Now, the third way we know this is a race is that there is a finish line. And how do we win this race? We finish. We finish the race well. That is the win in life. We finish in full faith in Jesus Christ, trusting him, loving the Lord with all our heart, mind, soul, and strength, and loving our neighbor as we love ourselves. And we do this until we take our last breath, this side of heaven. And when you cross the finish line, you enter into God's glorious presence, a total victor. So how do we know we can run the race with endurance and win? Well, looking back to the chapter before our verses today, chapter 11 shows us a few examples of the great cloud of witnesses. And we can be encouraged by these uh, saints from the Old Testament. We learn from their examples, from their faith and God's grace towards them. Uh, now, the writer of Hebrews starts off chapter of 12 uh, he starts chapter 12, verse 1, with the word, therefore. Uh, the writer had just spent um, all of Hebrews chapter 11 motivating the readers by recounting the lives of just a few of the heroes of the faith who had run with endurance. Now, the first century readers of this book of Hebrews were Christian Jews uh, who were facing persecution for following Jesus, and they were being told to go back to the law and to works to save them. Well, the writer of Hebrews had been writing in the first 10 chapters of Hebrews about how Jesus Christ is better than anything this world has to offer, anything this faith, anything uh, else that, uh, that might be tempted to look at, to follow. But now in chapter 11, we read about the lives of these ordinary people who were persecuted and tempted to quit but these people trusted God and treated him like he was better than anything else, and they didn't fall away. And they endured on their race by trusting God and following him according to his word. Read chapter 11 sometime today of Hebrews, and you'll be inspired. So witnesses, these witnesses also remind us, again, that we're in a race. And witnesses is a great word for these people who have gone on before us because their lives testify. They testify to the value and necessity of focusing on God for our whole lives and not falling away. 
also in this amazing race we're all engaged in. Some people say that they're also cheering us on. So we've got this great cosmic um, coliseum that we're running in and they're cheering us on. That's okay too. So how are you doing in running your race? Because today you're in one. Now we're going to see the text gives us three commands for running that race. Now there are three commands that are based on three verbs in this big long sentence. Because of these witness, we get these three commands. We're told to lay aside every weight, lay aside the sin, and then thirdly, run the race with endurance. But there's one main command in our text today that all those three hang on. They depend on this one command. And what's, what's that main command? Remember looking back to our verse, looking to Jesus. Looking to Jesus. We are to always, throughout this race, be looking to Jesus. Now let's start there. Now we've seen there is a race. Now let's ponder what it means to look to Jesus. Now to run the race with endurance despite the difficulty, we need to keep looking to Jesus. Well, what do we need to see uh, as we look at Jesus? There are five things that we need to see. First of all, Jesus is the founder of our faith. He's the perfecter of our faith. And for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. He despised the shame also for the joy set before him. And finally, he rose from the dead and is seated today at the right hand of the Father. Let's look first at the founder of our faith. Jesus is our, the founder of our faith. Some translations of Hebrews 12, verse 1, uh, say Jesus, verse 2, excuse me, say that he is the source. Uh, he's the captain of our faith. Some say he is the originator, the pioneer. And one says he is the author of our faith. Well, what do authors do? Let's think about that. What do good authors do? Well, they create characters, right? Uh, they determine the direction and outcome of the plot. They use language to communicate an idea of a story. And the very best authors, and you think about the novels, the books you've enjoyed reading, these authors are really good at character development. Characters grow and develop throughout the story. And Jesus is the ultimate author of yours and my faith. We know that Jesus wrote our faith in. Jesus not only thought you up and created you for him, but before time even began, he wrote your salvation story. Your eternal life in him, this race that you're now running, he created it. Nobody else but Jesus created this, not even you, not even me. And the story that we're in, this race story that we're in, is eternal. Nothing Jesus makes is accidental. And because you're in him and he is eternal, if you trust in him and are his, you are eternal. Your story, written by Jesus, lasts through this temporary life onto an eternal life. So we see that Jesus is the founder, the author of our faith. He's also 
the perfecter of our faith. He created our faith and is the perfect example of the one who completes, and he is the one who completes our faith as our example. First of all, we know Jesus did it first. He's the pioneer of our faith. He is the way maker. He lived the perfect life for us. And our example, Jesus did everything perfectly that pleased the Father. He overcame the temptations of Satan. He overcame the everyday temptations that you and I face. Hebrews 4.15 proclaims what a great uh, Savior and priest he is. For we, he says, for we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who has been tempted in all things, just as we are, yet without sin. He lived a life of total, humble submission and obedience to God the Father, 100% holy and righteous. Jesus showed us the way to live and made the way for us to God the Father. In fact, you know, you know the verse from John chapter 14, verse 6. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes unto the Father except by me. And another great thing is because he is the way maker, he is going to take us where he has already gone. He is going to get us all the way in this race, all the way to victory and to being glorified. And that is his heart. Jesus' heart is to see us all the way through this race and present us blameless before God the Father. Hebrews 6.19. Hebrews 6.19 is just a wonderful verse that lets us know that, that Jesus is going to get us to glorify it. Hebrews 6.19 says, We have this as a sure and steadfast anchor of the soul, a hope that enters into the inner place behind the curtain where Jesus has gone as a forerunner on our behalf. He is our anchor. If you've ever run as a group, you know there's one runner who is the anchor person. And similarly in this race, we are anchored to Jesus, means we are tied to him. And he's gone to the inner place. He's gone to the presence of God. He's our forerunner, which means we go where he goes, and he is the perfecter of our faith. A scripture that shows us that it is, and it's, it's the heart of Jesus to joyfully do this, to joyfully perfect our faith, is Jude chapter 1, verses 24. Jude 1, 24 says, Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling... Isn't that nice when you're running a race to know that there's someone who's able to keep you from stumbling and at the conclusion to present you blameless before the presence of his glory with great joy. Jesus' great joy is to help you and me along in this race so that he will present us perfect and blameless to God the Father and live in his eternal presence. Yes, this race definitely has a point, and it's definitely going somewhere. And the third thing we need to see about Jesus as we keep our eyes on him to help us with our own endurance is that for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. Well, what did Jesus do for us on the cross? 
Well, no one in the history of mankind received the hostility and judgment that Jesus received, not just from mankind, but from God the Father. In order to pay for your and my sins, God the Father poured out his full wrath for all the sins of his people on his only begotten son. Another way thing we know he endured on the cross is that he drank the cup that was meant for us. Jesus, the one who knew no sin, became sin for us on our behalf. Uh, remember, remember Jesus' prayer in the Garden of Gethsemane? Remember where he prayed, My Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. That's from Matthew 26, verse 39. That cup represents the full pain and suffering and despair of separation from God for an eternity in hell. Not for just one of us, but for all of us. And because we've all sinned and gone astray, that cup was God's righteous judgment for people, all people, who reject him. Now, Jesus drank our cup and he died the death meant for us. Jesus, the author and founder of our faith, saved us from wrath, wiped out our debt of sin before God, cleared away any and all guilt so that we could have fellowship with God the Father. Jesus endured the cross. And thirdly, he went on purpose. Jesus went to the cross and endured the agony and the wrath of God because it was the only way. It was the only way to save you and me. His whole earthly ministry, his whole first time on earth was leading to this. That is why he is the perfect lamb of God. He came to be our sacrifice for sin. Our payment, our propitiation for sin, he came to be yours and my substitution on that cross so that we could be forgiven. He went to the cross on purpose so that when we place our full trust in Jesus Christ, we are fully and eternally saved. And why did he endure the cross? For the joy. For the joy. The joy set before him. And what is this joy? The joy of Jesus' heart was and still is set on winning back his people from death, from the grave, from separation from God the Father. Jesus went to the cross for the joy of getting us back to himself. Dane Ortland, uh, in his book um, that we've been uh, looking at recently, uh, put it this way. Dane Ortland writes, it was the joyous anticipation of seeing his people made invincibly clean that sent him through his arrest, death, burial, and resurrection. When we today partake of that atoning work, coming to Christ for forgiveness, communing with him despite our sinfulness, we're laying hold of Christ's own deepest longing and joy. Jesus told us that there is such joy in heaven over one 
sinner repenting. Jesus' joy is to give you and me strength from his love. It is his joy to forgive us when we come to him. What qualifies us to come to him? Simply knowing that we are sinners, we confess that we're sinners, and confessing that we are in need of his undeserved love. Jesus not only wants to forgive us, he wants us. Check out this verse from the Gospel of John, verse 17, verse 24. Jesus expressed his own deepest desire when he prayed, Father, I desire that they also, whom you have given me, may be with me. He not only wants to forgive us, he wants us. Friends, to endure, we need to look to Jesus. And the one thing you need to see is his joy in saving you. That joy motivated him to endure the cross. So if it enables us to endure, to fix our eyes on Jesus, and to see that he endured the cross, we need to fix our eyes on Jesus. And so far, we've seen three things. We can see that he's the author of our faith. He is the perfecter of our faith. For the joy, he endured the cross. And now, the fourth thing we need to see from our text today as we look to Jesus is that also for the joy, he despised the shame of the cross. Think of your worst, most embarrassing moment in life of being exposed for something you did or something you said. And then you had to face the awful repercussions and shame of that. Well, on the cross, Jesus was fully exposed. He was beaten naked, bleeding. Because death on the cross is the most excruciatingly painful and shameful ways to die. And Jesus had an almost entire city of people who were hating and mocking him, calling for his death, except for a few women who supported him and a couple of friends who watched from afar. Jesus was alone. And Jesus didn't welcome the shame. Our verse says he despised it, yet he endured it through to victory. He bore a really hellish shame of, he was accused of blasphemy. He bore a shameful mocking. He bore a shameful beating. He bore, wore a shameful crown of thorns. He wore a shameful robe. The soldiers mocked him when they put, him, put that on him. And he even bore shameful mocking when he was praying on the cross. You know, for some of us, you know, we'll do almost anything for Jesus except endure shame and embarrassment. Are you ever afraid or embarrassed to say you're a follower of Christ? I have at times, I must admit. Well, Jesus wasn't ashamed of us. He wasn't concerned about the shame. He, in fact, he despised it. We don't need to be ashamed of him either. We can endure in Christ. So he despised the shame for the joy set before him of saving you and me, seeing us cleansed of our sin, made right with God the Father, enjoying fellowship with him and his Father, 
filling you with his Holy Spirit. Now, the fifth thing we need to see about Jesus is he rose. He rose and is seated at the right hand of the Father. What does Jesus' resurrection and ascension tell us? How do we know that God the Father accepted Christ's sacrifice for us? How do we know? Jesus rose from the dead. The tomb is empty. Jesus Jesus appeared alive to many who testified to his resurrection. They saw him. They touched him. They spoke to him. Also, what his resurrection and ascension mean is that Jesus was completely vindicated. For all the suffering that Jesus endured for us, he was totally vindicated. He was glorified. He rose up into heaven. And today, where is he? He is seated at the right hand of God the Father. He owns all authority in heaven and earth. He is the one in charge. And the third thing we can know about Jesus' sacrifice being accepted and that what his resurrection and ascension means to us is that today, Jesus intercedes for us. Have you ever wondered, what, have you ever wondered what, what is Jesus doing today at the right hand of God the Father? Well, the Bible tells us, as we've been studying the book of Revelation, the Bible says that he continues to be our high priest interceding for us as our advocate with God the Father. So that even today, when you and I pray through the power of the Ho- and presence of the Holy Spirit, Jesus hears our prayers, and he's talking with God the Father about them. Jesus helps our prayer, and the Father and Son talk about it together. And we join with them in this amazing fellowship that we're invited to be a part of. So we need to see that Jesus rose and is seated at the right hand of the Father. Now, so what does this tell us to help us with our endurance that Jesus is seated at the right hand of the throne of God? How does this help us keep our eyes on him? It's as simple as this. He won, we win. He rose, we rise. Jesus ran the course that is set before us and he has laid out this course. He has beaten the competition and today he gives us the guidance and the strength to run the course. He shows us how to handle the competition and the obstacles and because he won, he has made sure that we will complete the course and, we're, and, and win. Where he goes we go. So what do we need to do? We need to keep looking to Jesus Christ. Look to Christ and him alone. That's how we're going to endure. So what do we need to see when we look to Jesus? First of all, he's the founder of our faith. He's the perfecter of our faith. He endured the cross for the joy set before him. He despised the shame. He rose from the dead and is seated at the right hand of God the Father. How often should we keep looking to Jesus? How often should we do this? Once a month? Once a week? Sometimes at lunch? 
every day, all the time. We need to keep our eyes and keep the eyes of our hearts focused on Jesus Christ. Pray, read the Bible, talk about it with your family and friends, attend Bible studies, be in a growth group, come to church if you can on Sundays. Let's keep talking about Jesus and keep talking about him and keeping him and following him according to his word, keeping him at the center of our lives. Also, one important thing here in enduring the race is having your own personal worship time. I really am so glad that we have, as believers in Christ, a singing faith. As I was getting ready for this message, I can't tell you how many times I kept singing in my head um, that great old hymn, uh, Turn Your Eyes Upon Jesus. You know, the chorus goes, Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face. And the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. So as we run this race, despite the difficulty, the main thing we need to do is keep looking to Jesus. Now let's go back to those three other verbs in our text today. We've seen the race. We've considered what it means to look to Jesus. Now let's consider those, those three other verbs and see how to run the race. Now here's how we run the race as we look to Jesus. We need to look to Jesus and lay aside every weight, lay aside every sin which clings so closely, and then run the race with endurance. You're laying aside every weight. Now we can run this race by laying aside every weight. The heart of Jesus is for us to trust and follow him according to his word. And for us to run this course, to run this race really successfully, the only path, the only way to run is by following Jesus alone, living a life focused, centered on Christ. Not just everything else we want to do and have in our lives, and then we just kind of tack Jesus on somewhere there on the end. Jesus needs to be the central person that guides every aspect of our lives. Now, what is this weight that we need to lay aside? Simply, this weight is anything that would distract from Jesus being the center of your life and following him according to his word. This is anything that takes our focus off of Christ and makes it the main thing instead of keeping Jesus as the main thing. Now, it can be good things. Good things can distract us. Good things that maybe we love too much. Um, it certainly could be hard times. Hard times, we all know they can distract from Jesus. Suffering physically, financially, suffering loss of any number of things can try to pull, can be a weight that will pull our attention away from Jesus. I'm reminded of what uh, Paul said of believers in Romans chapter 8, verse 17. Romans 8, verse 17, he writes, We are children, then heirs, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, provided we suffer with him in order that we may also be glorified with him. We want to make sure that when we suffer, 
sorry, gang, in this life, we are going to suffer at times, that we suffer with him. We suffer with Jesus. We need to keep our eyes focused on him. So let me ask you right now, what's the weight that you're holding on to today? that you're carrying right now that's trying to pull your eyes and your trust off of Jesus? What's the weight that you're holding on to right now that you're carrying? You're trying so hard to carry it, but in carrying it, it's pulling your eyes and your attention and your trust off of Jesus. Jesus wants us to look to him because it is his heart and deep desire for you and me to give him that weight. It is his heart's desire for you and I to give him that weight that is distracting us today. So we need to lay aside every weight that distracts us from looking to Jesus. Secondly, the second verb we need to look at is laying aside the sin that entangles. You know, it's funny. You can't look to Jesus when you're sinning. Conversely, if you keep focused on Jesus, it's really hard when temptation is coming and trying to pull your attention off him and pull your eyes away from him. The more we focus on Christ, the less power the temptation has over us. What's the problem of being distracted by temptation to sin? Well, you can answer that question. Sin pulls us off course. Sin pulls us out of the race and into the deep weeds of shame, guilt, and broken fellowship with Jesus. When we try to hide from him there, well, that's not what Jesus, our loving Savior, wants from us. He doesn't want us stuck in those stinky weeds of Sin and separation, like we said earlier, his great joy is for us to come to him. His great joy is to welcome sinners who know they need love and forgiveness. His joy is for us to confess that we have sin, confess we love the wrong things too much sometimes, and we need his forgiveness and grace to overcome them. So, as you run this race, don't let temptation pull you off course. If it does, come back to Jesus. Admit to him the sin. Accept his forgiveness. Receive his love. And that will put you right back on course again. And this verse talks about the sin which sticks so closely. Those are habitual sins um, also. Um, let me ask you, what habitual sin do you have that's clamped around your ankle like an iron shackle today that you know you need to bring to Jesus so he can set you free of it today? Do you have one? Well, Jesus' hope, his heart for you is for you to bring it to him today so he can set you free of it, and he will. That is his great joy. Now, habitual sins, these sins that cling so closely, the Lord knows, he knows how weak and fragile we are, and um, it'll take time sometimes to overcome the temptation and the guilt and the shame. And remember, we also have loving brothers and sisters who are running alongside us in this race. 
And they want to, we want to encourage one another. We want to lift one another up. And so I encourage you to consider sharing that weakness, that temptation, that habitual sin you have with a trusted brother or sister. Um, find a trusted brother or sister who will keep it in confidence. You know, ask them, will you please pray for me? Will you please keep me accountable? That's why we don't run this race alone. We don't. God uses other believers in Christ to encourage and support us and help us run along in our race. So in conclusion, let's run this race with endurance that is set before us. And remember, we do this together. Uh, don't miss out on Christian fellowship, the body of Christ. We're all each other's running buddies we're here to help one another, keep our eyes on Jesus, to run this course. And always remember that Jesus is the one who sets our course. He ran it first. He ran it best. He finished it for us. And he is leading us on that course today. We go where he goes because he won the race. We win the race. So now let's run the race with endurance. Trust Jesus and follow him according to his word. Despite the difficulty, despite the difficulty, let's keep looking to Jesus. Keep him at the center of our lives. Remember that he went to the cross for the joy of saving us. So let's lay aside everything that trips us up and follow him. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you that you are our perfect savior. You do everything perfectly. You bring us into your family. You bought and paid for us. You're working to sanctify us. And as we run our lives towards heaven, looking towards you, our, towards that glorious finish line, Lord, help us today. Let's help us to lay aside the weights. Help us to lay aside the sin. Help us to keep our eyes on you today. Help us to run according to your word. Help us to follow you, Lord Jesus. And Lord, help us to support one another as we run. Thank you, Lord, for your, our family. Thank you, Lord, for our church, our brothers and sisters in Christ. Lord, be with us now as we get back. We're still on the track. And Lord Jesus, please help us run well by your mercy and your grace. And as we run, Lord, we want to give you glory. We ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening. And we invite you to visit us Sunday mornings here at Fountain of Life Fellowship. For more information, visit www.folfcrc.com.